Well, it's that time of year again. Thanksgiving has finished, and now it's time to pull out those boxes that have scribbled on them the contents necessary, we feel, for these upcoming weeks as we prepare for Christmas. There's a lot of familiarity in this time, looking at ornaments and decorations that have their specific place in your home. And we like that familiarity, but we also like about this season the surprise. And so I imagine if you haven't already begun in these weeks ahead, you will give some concerted thought to how to make surprises happen three weeks, a little over three weeks from now. Christmas is about surprises, not only on that very Christmas day, but as we read in the gospel lesson today, the surprise of the coming of Christ. Undeniably, Jesus' birth was a surprise, and we'll continue to look at those scriptures over these coming weeks, remembering how it is that people were surprised that the Savior would be born in a humble setting to two ordinary people. And yet, the other surprise is in the second coming of Christ, as we hear about in our gospel lesson today. In Matthew's gospel, he is reminding us that Christ will come again in an ordinary setting. Just as it was with Noah, people were going about their everyday lives, taking care of the needs of that day, and even organizing themselves to prepare for the future, as we hear in the words they were giving in marriage and being given in marriage. It was definitely a surprise, the floods that came during the time of Noah, and we are to be aware that Christ's coming again will be a surprise as well. So how do we prepare for a surprise? One way is that we look at how it is that God has acted before, and we take stock of how it is that God has acted in the world before so that we might look for God to come again. In our recent vestry meeting this past Monday night, I brought something up to the vestry that I wanted us to consider at the end of the year, should our finances allow us to fund it. It was a an, an, um, priority in the proposed budget last year as we anticipated 2013, but when we built the budget to come in line with the funding that had been given from the congregation, this was one of the things that got put aside. Well, interestingly enough, throughout the year, we have been able to put some of those things back into our expenses because the money has come available in time for those things that we needed to do. And so it's quite possible that we might have the money at the end of this year for this final initiative. But we don't know yet. And we won't know for another four to six weeks whether or not we can support that particular thing financially. But I said to the vestry, I want us to consider this now, even though we won't know whether or not we'll get to enact this for several more weeks. I said, let's prepare to be surprised. Let's prepare to be surprised. I think that's one of the biggest pieces of us for us as Christian people. How is it that we prepare for God to surprise us? How is it that God invites us to prepare to be surprised by God. Again, we look to the stories of Scripture, 
You might note that in our gospel lesson today, there are three stories that follow that are familiar to each of you, highlighting the surprises of God and how it is that God breaks in at unexpected times. Following our gospel lesson today, we hear the story of the ten bridesmaids who are standing outside waiting for the bridegroom. Five of them bring oil for their lamp, five do not. The five that don't have the oil ask the five that do to share with them, and the five that have it say, well, there won't be enough then to keep the lamps lit until he gets here if we divide it and all burn our ten lamps at the same time. And so they tell the five who have not no oil, go and buy some in the marketplace. And lo and behold, the bridegroom comes while they are out making their purchase. There was an element of surprise. The bridegroom came at an unexpected hour. There's the parable of the talents, where the master gives three slaves three different portions of his funds and asks them to do something with them. And two invest, and one buries it in the ground. And the one that buries it in the ground says, well, I know how hard you worked for this, so I didn't want to lose it. But the surprise is that the master said, if you knew how hard I worked for this, why didn't you invest it on my behalf? And then the third story that follows is of the sheep and the goats where Christ says when God's judgment time comes, he will consider what it is that we have done in our lives and divide people as sheep and goats are divided. And the criteria for considering who is in has to do with how we care for one another. If we fed the hungry, given drink to the thirsty, clothed the naked, visited the sick and those in prison, that's the judgment how it is that we've cared for one another. And that time will come as a surprise. None of us know when this will happen, yet we do know that life as we know it doesn't continue on earth. There is an end time. So how is it that we prepare to be surprised? How is it that we prepare for Christ's return, however it is that it comes, whether in that final hour that we take our last breath or in some triumphant way that overcomes the whole earth. However it comes, it will be a surprise. In Paul's letter to the Romans, he tells us how to prepare. He tells us to put on Christ. Using some interesting images, he invites us to put Christ on. Clothe yourselves with Christ, he says. And he instructs us then to follow in Christ's example. And that example is this, to learn to love God more deeply so that in all things we might carry out God's work, most especially in loving one another. This is the work that we are charged to do as Christian people. Learn to love God more deeply so that we might know how to love one another. And it is work that is sufficient for today. It is plenty to keep us busy. So during this Advent season, I invite you to dedicate some time to a particular practice, a spiritual practice that can help you to learn to love God better, trusting that God will use that time to help you learn to love God better. Some examples of this are the Advent wreath. We had several people make them last week after worship. Each week we light a different candle and there's a prayer that accompanies it. And just creating that time for yourself or for those that are in your household on a regular basis, hopefully on a daily basis, will help nurture that love of God within you.
Another idea is to read the Sunday lessons ahead of time. You can get them online, and if you email me, I'll tell you where to find them. Just sitting with those scriptures, reading them, letting them soak into you on a regular basis is a way of learning to love God better. And this goes hand in hand, perhaps, with the scheduled prayer time of a day, in a daily routine. Just a few minutes, perhaps only ten, that you sit with God and allow God to speak to you and for you to speak in return. These are practices that we do that nurture our love of God. And it is through our love of God that we learn to love one another. For none of us can do it on our own. Our capacity for love is not as big as God's capacity for love. And so we are invited to pull on the power and the strength of God and God's love in order to offer that to one another. These acts of devotion grow our love of God. And in growing in our love of God, we find ourselves growing in our love for one another. So I share those ideas with you because I think they're the most effective way to prepare to be surprised, to prepare for the coming of Christ, the advent of Christ, as we know it in this holy season. For that's what we're about in these weeks to come, preparation, preparing to be surprised by the goodness of God made known in the Christ child every day of our lives. Let us pray. Loving God, because you sent your beloved Son to redeem us from sin and death and to make us heirs in him of everlasting life, we ask you to assist us in learning to love you better so that when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may without shame or fear rejoice to behold his appearing. We pray this in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.